up, y'all? This is April Prayer, attorney from Chicago. I go by the moniker, the Just Us Junkie. And I created the board game, Trials and Triumph, to teach Black and Brown teens how to survive a police encounter and how to avoid the criminal justice system all together. So if you're interested and you want to check that out for your loved ones, go to justicejunkie.store. I spell it a little bit differently, J-U-S-T. U-S-J-U-N-K-I-E, because there's a saying that there is no justice, there's just us, and I'm flipping that on its head. So I'm so excited for you to check that out. Check that out and check out Lawyer Up Academy, and you are listening to Rebuke Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Marcus, and you're now listening to Rebuke Podcast. Now, this is our 51st episode, and of course, we have something great for you to, to listen and watch. Now, continue to listen and share and subscribe to the podcast. And remember, you could be a financial supporter by hitting the support icon on the podcast platform that you listen to uh, and what where Rebuke is streamed at. Um. I'm not gonna take you long, take y'all all y'all time, but you know, you know me. I'm I'm normally on social media looking for the next best ne- next best thing to talk about on social media. You know, everybody talks about relationships and stuff like that. I like to talk about something serious, and that's that can help the black community. And I think I was I don't know I was on Facebook or I was on Instagram, and I saw this beautiful black woman on there. You know, she caught my she caught my eye with the natural hair. You know, and the natural hair is my weakness. Um, but as I dug deeper into this um, into her uh, portfolio, this sister is doing doing dynamic things in the black community, educating uh, them about the, the laws of the land. Yes, this sister is a lawyer and she's been on numerous uh, television uh, 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 newscasts and uh, shows and everything. So this woman is very dynamic. And but what makes her unique about uh, about from her from others is that this sister has created a game that helps the black community. So the title of our show is more than a game. It's more than a game. So I'd like to thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Attorney Prayer from Chicago, Illinois, for coming on to Rebuke. All right. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be a great show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, um, thank you for being here. I know you, you're, you're, you're a, a busy woman. You look, you look like you, you had a lot of weight on your shoulders coming on here but uh, i appreciate you giving show, showing some time and showing me some love um but my, let's go into the first question because everybody is curious to know because when i did my 
my um, my research. Uh, you're a cr- criminal defense lawyer in Chicago, Illinois. So what what made you want to do that? Yeah, so I actually went to law school, I guess, as you know, folks say, to find themselves. I didn't really know what to do after college. I went to Duke University for undergrad. I loved it, but I was an English major. So I didn't know what to do with an English and, and an English major and a Spanish major. So I didn't know what to do with those degrees. And so I kind of went to law school to hide out for three years, really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Got there, hated every moment of it, except for my criminal law class, my first year. And that's really what kept me there. And so after that, I got an internship at the public defender's office in Washington, D.C., the best in the land, and fell in love with the work, like paired up with an attorney who was a, a felony attorney. He had only, I think, lost one jury ever. And he would send me to the jail on his behalf to talk to his clients. And I just fell in love with it. And it was like, I was their lifeline. I was their messenger to run back to their attorney and tell them what their concerns were. So everybody was respectful. Everybody was grateful and appreciative. And I I left that experience not wanting to do anything else. So when I graduated law school, I only applied to the public defender's office there and the public defender's office in my hometown, Chicago. Neither one was hiring. So I came home anyway, because it was cheaper. And then I eventually got hired for my dream job at the public defender's office where I worked for six years. And then I figured I could do the same on my own and I went into private practice. But it was basically to become a voice for the voiceless. Because what I found is that the guys I was visiting at the time in Washington DC jail, they had been more for the most part their their friends stopped visiting their family members stopped visiting you know at some point everybody just kind of forgets about you and i was their lifeline i was their voice and i absolutely loved that great man that's a great story and uh i thank you thank you for doing that for the on behalf of the brothers up in washington dc now what are the pros and cons of being a criminal defense lawyer in chicago Well, um, (laughs) the cons are in general, in terms of being a criminal defense lawyer anywhere, is that the law is always against you. Like it's never there. It's always very difficult for me to go to the law books and find a case that actually supports my position. So normally I have to be very creative. I have to be very zealous in my arguments for my for my clients. And the law doesn't always back me up. And so that's the biggest obstacle for any criminal defense attorney anywhere in the world. The advantage to being a criminal defense attorney in Chicago is the volume. It's going to sound terrible, but the volume, because that means I got experience fast, especially at the public defender's office. And I got a variety because we're one of I'm in Cook County. And this is I think we're the third largest county in the world. And so because of that, you get a lot of variety. And that meant I was in a position to help a lot of people. Whereas if I had been in a small town and maybe we didn't have that type of volume and we didn't have that variety of cases, I wouldn't have been able to help as many people so quickly. Now, like I said, I I was talking before the show came on and you have a very, uh, a very good catalog on YouTube of things, what to not to do and stuff. And I, 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 I challenge everyone to uh, look for out for her. Her page on YouTube, April Prayer, subscribe to it. She has a, a long list of things and do's and don'ts when it comes down to uh, law. Um, when I was on your page, I saw it, you did an interview with Fox 32 in Chicago and you told a reporter 
of the, about the three the three mistakes that parents do with their children, which was which is you know um, which is unique uh, or strange because you know as me being a black man in America, uh, we always had that talk, whatever, and the parents always try to teach, uh, try to tell their kids uh, things to do and not to do when the police is around. But you, you, you tell us that we make common mistakes as parents. So could you uh, elaborate on those three mistakes? Yeah, it's great that you bring that up. I just actually did a free webinar on this about two weeks ago to just really dig into those three mistakes. So the three mistakes are number one, giving the talk, Number two, treating the police station like it's the principal's office. And number three, being reactive instead of proactive. So number one, giving the talk. The reason that I say that parents mess up by giving the talk is because the majority of people who come into my office, whether they are juveniles and they're 15 or whether they're 35, they almost always say, well, my mom told me to be polite when I talk to police. And my mom told me to just tell the truth when I talk to police. And then my mom told me to just tell them what happened. And honestly, all of that is bad advice. So even though parents have the best intentions, because they don't have a legal background, because they are not thinking in the terms of protecting their child or young adults constitutional rights, they are actually giving all those rights away. So number one, don't walk into a police station ever by yourself. And if you happen to be arrested, you need to be asking for an attorney, not for your mom. So think about the average 12 year old, 15 year old, they're gonna cry out for mom. I mean, even at 35 and 45, people cry out for their mom, but your mom or your dad can't help you. And I always give the example of the Central Park Five, now the Exonerated Five, Four of those five boys all sold themselves down the river sitting next to a parent. The mm. parent could not stop. So there was the interrogation before the parents got there where the police threatened the kids. And then they each sat next to their parent. One had a grandma, one had a dad, one had a sister, one had a mom, all sat next to a parent as they gave that false confession that ended up being the, the catalyst for sentencing them to years and years in prison. So a parent cannot save you. So stop asking for mama. And this is what every mama in America is teaching their child. You need to ask your child to ask for an attorney. Number two, treating the police station like it's the principal's office. So I don't know if you grew up in the 70s the 80s or the 90s but generally if you got in trouble on the playground you got to a little scuffle with a friend you landed in the principal's office right and the worst thing that could happen to you was suspension that was really 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 bad but then the next level up was our next level down i should say was detention so mostly you went you got uh, somebody shaking their finger at you telling you don't do this again or apologize to the kid that you got into the scuffle with but you didn't land in jail now the world is very different because many schools have a resource officer there. They have police officers on speed dial. So what might have been a simple scuffle when you were in high school or elementary school will now land your child in the juvenile detention center. And this is what blows most people's minds is that in 28 states, in 28 states, there is no age limit on arrest. So literally a four-year-old who's throwing a tantrum in, the, um, in their preschool can be arrested. There is no, there's no limitation. And in my state, you can be detained in a physical uh, secure facility and be as young as 10 years old. So you mm. telling your kid, hey, just tell the principal what you did, just tell the officer what you did so we can go home, so we can hurry up and get this over with, is the wrong advice. And I don't care if they're eight years old, you need to say, ask for a lawyer and don't say another word. Wow. 
Wow. And then the last one, the most important one, is being reactive instead of proactive. Just as Black people in general, we wait for stuff to pop off before we get into action. And so we waited until Lil Johnny has been at the police station, no, no joke, for 21 hours before anybody ever thinks, oh man, maybe he's not coming home tonight, maybe we should call somebody. So literally, Little Johnny has given it all up in the first 20 minutes he's been at the police station, but mama, daddy, grandma don't even think to call anybody. And most people don't call an attorney at all while they're at the police station. So the families that do call me usually do call 18 hours later, 21 hours later, 24 hours later. And I'm kind of like, I'll go, but I don't know what you'd like me to do because he's saying like a canary probably in his first 10 minutes. You have to act quickly. And we don't act quickly because normally we're thinking about what? I ain't got no money for no lawyer. I ain't got no money saved up. Well, why don't we put a plan into place because I'm going to throw out a statistic that's going to shock you. One in two black males will be arrested by their 23rd birthday. This comes from from a, a study by the Journal of Crime and Delinquency. One in two. The, the, stat, the statistics are 49%. So that's one in two black boys. You see one in two black boys walking down the street, one will be arrested. So if these are the statistics, if this is what we're facing, because police are aggressively arresting us, we can get into all the reasons why, but this is the fact right now. They are aggressively arresting us. They are targeting us. They are coming after us. If you know that there's a possibility that that's gonna happen, why don't you set aside some money? Why don't you have a plan? Why don't you tell little Jamal, look, if you get arrested, these are the steps you follow. I'm coming for you, but this is what you need to do while you're waiting for my arrival. And the main thing needs to be ask for an attorney. These kids don't know to do it. Nationwide, I believe only less than 1% of adults ask for an, an attorney at the police station. So you know that those numbers are abysmal for minors. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you dropped some you dropped some gems there. And I appreciate that attorney uh, prayer. I truly appreciate that. Uh, and I know the, I know the people would appreciate that as well. Now, the title of the show is more than a game. You um, not only you you uh, drop gems on your YouTube channel uh, and stuff like that. And you dropping gems on the t- uh, on your on your interviews on television. You came up with a concept to educate people about law in a board game. So this is this show is about this board game. So um, can you tell the audience on how you came up with this concept or the idea, how to play it and all, everything else about the game? That's that's I, I love this concept. I, I ordered mine. I went, it didn't come today. Hopefully by the weekend, I'm going to have mine so I can I mailed it today. <laughs> oh, you oh. I mailed it today. <laughs> <laughs> cool 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 so hopefully i have it by uh monday and i, I and I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it so, so tell everybody about this board game and everything so this is the game behind me it's called trials and triumph and the way it works is kids learn faster by playing games than they ever will by somebody standing in front of them and lecturing to them in fact some say that they learn as fast as 500 times faster when they're playing. So think about the games that you played in elementary school. Think about the the teachers who taught through song or through rap instead of through the instruction of the book, how you can rattle some of that stuff off now 
10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later. So it just makes sense that kids would learn a heavy concept like this so much faster by simply playing a game. So the game is very simple. There are two worlds. There's the world of possibilities where you graduate college, you buy your first car, you buy your first rental property, you go to medical school. And along the way, there are flashing lights that you can land on and that means police contact. So maybe you get stopped because your you know, registration is expired and the police officer gives you a warning and sends you on your way. Or maybe your car matches the description for one that was used in a drive-by shooting. You don't know until you pull the car, just like if you're driving in the car. You don't know why the officer is approaching you. You might have ideas, but you don't know for sure. You pull the car, and if you get arrested, then you land in the world of trouble. In the world of trouble, that's the endless loop of trying to make bond, waiting for the judge to come back from vacation, hoping your your attorney has all of the information, hoping the witnesses show up to court. Round and round, wait, wait, you wait, 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 waiting for the judge to come off vacation. Oh yeah, all these things happen. I've had cases where we've had four different judges. One, you know, one retired, another one died, another one's on vacation for two weeks. All kind of stuff happens during cases. State's attorneys change five and six times. The file will change hands and all of that causes delays. And so you can't control it. Your attorney can't control it. You just roll with it and you're stuck in this endless loop while your friends are living their best lives. They still are hitting all those milestones they're going to paris they're going to disney world they're buying a puppy they're buying a car and it's interesting watching some kids play because some kids never get arrested other kids get arrested four and five times but either way everybody in the group is learning oh wait when i followed the rules because the game t- ultimately teaches seven rules when i followed the rules Things went well for me. When I didn't follow the rules, it didn't go so well for me. So that gets reiterated over and over and over through 54 different real life scenarios. And the rules are, don't run. They're all ours. Don't run. Don't reach. Don't resist. Don't run your mouth. Refuse all DUI tests. Refuse consent to search and request a lawyer. So those are the things you hear over and over and over again throughout the course of the game. And that way, if you play for 25 minutes one time, these are the rules that are in the back of your mind the next time you get stopped by a police officer so that that transaction is uneventful. Like you should just get your ticket and go. There shouldn't be this whole matter of, or you reach for something, I was fearful, I shot into the car, we wrestled. All of that should be gone because it should be uneventful, uneventful stops. Mm, mm. Thank you. Now, how many board games have you sold so far? How many board games? That's a good question. Somebody asked me that the other day. I think about 1,500. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. Now, has anyone that purchased the game came back to you in, in, in like, Thank you for creating this game and uh, avoiding jail time or preventing a nasty encounter with the police. Has have you got any testimonies like that? Yeah, I do. I actually made one into a, a Facebook ad. So it's a friend of mine from high school. Her son played the game early on. She was one of my first people who purchased and she sat all for her kids down. You're going to play this. Played the game. He remembered the rules. You know, time went on. He happened to, and one of his cousins played with him. So just so happened, fast forward, they're all football players. They're coming home from a football game. A third kid who had not played the game was driving. This was a new driver who had never been stopped by the police before. And he immediately starts to freak 
out, like freak out to the point. He might've jumped out the car. He might've said something wrong. He might've started moving around too much in the car. So they're literally in the backseat, like coaching him based on the lessons they learned in the game. So he did come back to me later and say, hey, like this could have gone way left, but because we had these tools, because the two of us, he, he said, coached him up real quick. Those are his words on the video. We coached him up real quick. It was uneventful. And he just saw how it was not going to go that way had he and his friend, had he and his cousin not spoken up and told his friend what to do. Oh, man, that's great. That's great. Now, like I said, this, I, I love the idea. So from conception until the final product, how long did it take you to produce this board game? I was thinking about that. Um, Let's see. So I woke up with the game on my heart in, say, August. And then when I woke up, I did a rough sketch myself, just in pencil. Hold on, hold August when? August when? This this, this is two years ago. Okay. Yeah, over two years ago. And so I drew it out, and then I called a friend of mine who was an artist, not a graphic designer, but an artist, and said, hey, can we meet up and can you draw some characters? So we met two, three times at Starbucks, and while he was working on the characters, I was working on the scenario. So that was the hardest part. So from August to... November, I got prototypes made. And then from November through January, I went through went to schools and I play tested the game with 300 kids, black and Mexican, all in the Chicagoland area from 13 to 18. After they played the game, they all played the game for 35 minutes. After they played the game, I had them all fill out the same survey. What did you learn? What what would you change? And then based on their suggestions, I put it all into the final product. And so I would say from what, August? And then I got the final version of it out on the market in February. So that from August to February, that's how long it took. Okay, okay, okay. Now, ever since this game has been in conception, how has your life changed uh, by, creating, by creating this? That's and, a great question. And, and yeah, go ahead, answer that question. Then I have another question on top of that. My life is completely changed because what I realized in doing this work, not just the game, but I also do speaking engagements in conjunction with the game. I also have a course called Lawyer Up Academy. It's a three-part series where parents can supplement the game by sitting their kids down and watching this course. And so my shift, there's been a shift from litigating for one client at a time to teaching hundreds of students at a time. And so that's caused a huge shift in me. So my entire life has changed. So I spend honestly more time on the game, on promoting the game, on getting into school and nonprofits than I do going into court. The pandemic had a a significant impact on all of that. So it helped with the shift. And so, and I've gotten media coverage. I've been on the media more than I've ever been in my entire life. I had some media coverage before the game, but now it's on a more consistent basis. And I just am able to stand before large groups of people, whether it's on Zoom or whether it's in person, more often to share this message. And my hope is to cause a movement 
to turn this around because this information is not taught to us. It's taught to us wrong by our parents. Mm-hmm. It's not taught to us in school at any level. I don't care. You go all the way to grad school or all the way down to kindergarten. It's not taught. At best, you get somebody to walk in your room who's called officer friendly, which is a complete joke because our interactions with police are oftentimes not friendly. Right. And so my right. entire life has shifted. And so now I'm just really um, shifting gears, moving, like I said, moving away from practicing law as much and doing more of the promotion of the game because I know that I can impact more lives. I can save lives, whether it's from death on the side of the road at the hands of a police officer or whether it's from life in prison. And so this is the culmination of my life's work. Okay, great. Now you brought up a, a, a topic. Uh, you since you the conception of the game, you're doing more uh, speech speaking engagements and teaching uh, families what to do and what not to do. Do you see yourself retiring as a lawyer and doing this full time? Like this is you think this game will take you out the game? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's that's the plan. <laughs> gotcha. That's that, that's the plan. Just because you know, as long as I have court dates on a consistent basis, that puts me in a position where I'm not as available for to talk to kids. And that's where the impact is made. The impact is not made by helping someone get out of a jam. It's someone. It's it's by helping thousands not get into the jam in the first place. My goal is for people to never need the services of a criminal defense attorney. Yeah, I believe. I'm paraphrasing. I believe Frederick Douglass. I see this um, this 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 quote on social media. It's easier to help young men than broken men. So, so by you by this game, you helping young men and women uh, uh, make the right decision before they become grown men and grown women. Um, have you? I, I'm just curious. I mean, you know, uh, like I said, we have run people of color have bad run-ins with the cops and stuff more often than other counterparts or more groups of demographics. Have you received any backlash from the cops because of this game? Uh, I have received more backlash from black folks than I have from what? police officers specifically. What? Oh, what? yeah. So the first video I did, even before I had the game, it was the four things not to do that I just said. And I got called an educated coon. I got called a nappy-headed bee. I <laughs> she don't know what she's talking about I mean and so and then since the game came out even if you look at my Facebook ads in the comments people will say things like it don't matter what we do they're gonna kill us anyway this is it life ain't a game you know just yes so there's definitely been a lot of pushback so cops not specifically so the cops who I you know who follow me on Facebook and who I get along with, they actually oftentimes slide into my DMs and thank me. And they say, wow, this is phenomenal. Like you're saving lives. Because think about it. It's just like, one, it empowers the teenager or even the parent who's playing with the teenager. But it also, if a cop knows that they're interacting with somebody who's not reach for something who's not going to jump out the car and take off running, who's not going to do or make all these common mistakes that we see, then they want it to be effortless and uneventful on their end too. Like 
even the dirtiest cops are not waking up. Oh, I think I'm going to shoot somebody today. And people don't believe that. But honestly, they don't. Because one, if they shoot somebody, their gun gets taken away. Their badge gets taken away. An investigation starts. And they got to fill out a whole mountain of paperwork. So I don't care. Even the even the ones in the KKK are not waking up saying I'm going to kill somebody today. So uh, most people on both sides want it to be effortless and uneventful. But I've got definitely gotten backlash definitely got to push back from people who look just like me wow i i'm i thought you will be in your corner but i'm flabbergasted um well let me go ahead and go to the next question because i'm just shocked that we'll be saying those things to you and that uh to you in regards to something that could help us save our lives that's just uh, just, just that just amazed me but um now you, you allude to this academy I, I, and you know i saw the price of this academy i was like mm, this must be some juicy 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 stuff for this price but i ain't gonna say the price i'll let everybody else find out how much this costs but it must be important so can you elaborate on your academy and until you, you you touched on it a little bit but you know t tell us about this academy of yours Sure, but first I'm going to talk about the price. So <laughs> if you get arrested right now, you get arrested right now, and you go to the police station and you call a lawyer, you are going to pay at least $500 for five minutes of that, of, of that attorney's time. Five minutes. So that's number one. If it becomes a felony and then you have to go before here, we have preliminary hearings, you're going to get, and this is like usually seven days after your arrest, well, first of all, bond hearing is the next day. You're going to drop at least another $500,000. So then seven days later, you go into the preliminary hearing. That's going to be another $15,000. I mean, $1,500. So what? You drop $3,000 within seven days, but the course is too expensive. The course can keep you from ever having to end up in front of a judge in the first place. And that's not telling you how much the actual case is going to cost you. So if it's a felony, if it's a misdemeanor, it's probably going to be about $5,000. And if it is a felony, depending on what it is, it could be up to $50,000. So is a course that costs you less than $500 worth it or not? It's, it's just really, it's what, it, what is your life worth? What is your child's life worth? What is your time worth? So the class is a three-part, uh, Lawyer of Academy is a three-part pre-recorded class. And so it's it's a crash course in street law. Kids sit down, they watch one video for 20 minutes. After that, they go play the game. The game is always their homework. They learn about two landmark cases that everybody in America should know about. And then they get bonuses. So I did a, a keynote speech at a college that's in there. I did a four uh, hour long event with nine different experts in the criminal justice system that's in there. Mm -hmm. But then what I rolled out last week is called Lawyer Up Live, meaning if you are a participant in Lawyer Up Academy, once a month, I have a dynamic professional coming on to speak to you. So I recruited two mental health professionals. One specializes in black men and black boys. The other one primarily works with girls, but she always also works with the military and with the police on suicide prevention and mental illness. And then I have two young, really dynamic black attorneys, one male, one female coming on to talk about communication and how that plays out in the legal system. And I'll probably have additional speakers. So it's like, so how much is it worth to you 
to get this information to your family. And the other thing about the course is you don't have to just buy it. It's not that price per child. It's if you have a couple kids in your house, they can all sit down. But if you're a teacher and you teach 200 kids, guess what? All 200 kids can watch the same video for the same price. So that's the great thing. You can buy it for a youth group. I've had a youth pastor buy it for her entire church. And I guess it's like a mega church. I had somebody else buy it for their classroom. I did a giveaway to um, that ended today, actually, two educators won so they can sit down and play it for their eighth grade class this year, their eighth grade class next year, their eighth grade class in three years. It doesn't matter. And they don't have to pay over and over and they still get access. After you broke that down, attorney uh, prayer, I apologize about talking about the price. I am so sorry. I didn't want, I hopefully I didn't offend you. I'm so sorry. I'm just a cheapskate. I will never do that again. Okay. The price is fine. I will, I will pay it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> because it's not about price, it's about value. It's right. Like, what right. is the value of your life? What is right. the value of your time? Because what happens is, like I said, because we're reactive, we wait for tragedy to strike. And it's like, what is the cost of a funeral? If your family member's life gets taken by a police officer, what is the mm. cost of the criminal proceedings in your attorney's fees? If you can't pay the $5,000 bond that your loved one has and the $5,000 in attorney's fees. And so it's like, why not spend money on prevention? prevent all of this from happening and never have to dole out any money to me as an attorney or any other attorney. This is like life insurance versus uh GoFundMe after you die. Yes. Oh, yes. I got, I got you. A, yes. I got you. I totally got you. I, like once again, I apologize, attorney prayer. I didn't mean it. I didn't know you was going to hit me with the, with the uppercuts. I did not know. Well, for less than the cost of this phone, you can save the life of your whole family. You can say the lives of every kid in your youth group, every kid in your Jack and Jill chapter, every kid in your church, because, you know, if you buy it, it's for whoever's in your life who you want to share it with. And you know what I'm thinking uh, after you after your profound statement, I'm thinking about uh, how I can get you down here and talk to some youth. And it might it may make me a little bit pricey, but I can I can I can collaborate with some people. And, and, and try to get you down here down in the south and uh talk to us because uh, what you're doing is a great thing for the black community as a whole not just for chicago but uh black people across the world man I, and i truly appreciate that um Thank you. let me uh before i end um I was, any last statements uh attorney prayer because I, I i think i i I, I got I'm wiping the blood off my, my lip for you busting me up. So any any last <laughs> statements you want to tell the black community uh, about uh, about your your services or about your about about the game? Sure. So my uh, catchphrase that I actually trademarked is shut up, lawyer up. So if you remember nothing else from the little po poofy hair girl on the podcast, remember, shut up, lawyer up. So what we want to do is try to talk ourselves out of situations. We get stopped by the cop or we want to get into an argument. What you stop me for? I'm not giving you my driver's license. You tell me what you stop me. So how about this? How about you shut up, shut up 
and lawyer up. The minute you realize you're being detained, the minute you realize you're not free to leave, the minute you realize you got handcuffs on you or you're being walked into a police station, and that's at the point that you say, I want a lawyer and you say nothing more because you can say the slightest thing trying to explain your way out of, out of a situation and end up talking yourself into more trouble. The cop could say, where are you coming from? Oh, I'm coming from school. Where's your school? You tell them, oh, the burglary we're investigating happened on that block. You just placed yourself at the, at the crime scene. So you never know what the police officer already knows, whether you did it or you didn't do it. And so you need to be quiet and say, I want a lawyer and say nothing more. And so, and if you want more information about the game, you can always go to justicejunkie.store. I spell that differently, J-U-S-T-U-S. J-U-N-K-I-E, there's a saying, there is no justice, there's just us. So I'm making sure to look out for just us. Attorney uh, Prayer, once again, thank you for the wealth of knowledge you have bestowed on us today. Thank you for once again uh, for coming on the show. And thank you for uh, slightly uh, correcting me about, <laughs> about your thing. Uh, but but I need it as, as well. Um, that's the end of the show. Um, thank you. Like I said, uh, thank you everyone for supporting me. And uh, it was a great show. A great show. I, I thank uh, uh, Attorney Prayer for coming on. And before I leave, you always know my slogan that is knowledge is power. Economic freedom is salvation. But if you put the two together, we can build a great nation. This is Marcus from Rebuke Podcast. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace.